listening to Ask a Goldminer, the show designed to help you and your brigade support battalion prepare for your decisive action rotation at the National Training Center and for combat deployments around the world. Today on Ask a Goldminer, Major Jorge Aponte, Goldminer 05, spends a few minutes with a brigade maintenance tech about his experience regenerating combat power at the National Training Center and some lessons that he learned. Good morning. Good morning, sir. All right. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And All yourself? right. So... As you know, I am Goldminer05, uh, Cinco. Uh, we're doing an excellent interview to share some experience that you had. We have a series of questions we would like for you to provide some feedback. Absolutely. All right. Uh, first one is, uh, what was your biggest challenge your brigade experienced here at the National Training Center? Yes, sir. I, I think the biggest challenge that we uh, had here was the communication piece. Uh, definitely challenged by the fact that uh, we were limited on some of the systems, uh, FM, uh, VoIP phone, uh, using the VSAT was our, was our biggest tool here in the uh, NTC. But I think uh, communication was one of our biggest challenges during this rotation. Okay. What do you think, uh, what things you would like to implement moving forward if you were to do it all over again? Wow. So if I were to do this all over again, I think um, figuring out a better way to, to do uh, maintenance meetings, right? It's definitely challenging to, to bring everybody together. Uh, a hybrid uh, model uh, approach may be a good way to go. And for example, you know, face-to-face -face with uh, vo video conferencing or voice conferencing is probably uh, a, a method that we probably explore uh, more, you know, as we get back to home station, refine that technique. Uh, I think that'd probably be the biggest thing I'd want to change. Okay. All right, I would like to move on to like uh, your equipment readiness. So how well was your unit readiness coming to the National Training Center in support of Rotation 1910? Yes, yeah, so, sir, in my opinion, I don't think uh, we met the mark at all, right? Uh, and that's, that's my, my honest assessment. We had come right off of uh, some major training events coming to the NTC. And I think we, uh, although we, we did our best to get the equipment to where we needed to have it to execute some of the maneuvers here, I don't think it was quite where we needed it to be. So, okay, got it. So now that you were here and you executed this rotation, this intensive training here at Atropia and Denovian, how do you see your equipment ready is at this point? Uh, yes, sir. So at this point, I think um, we're probably about the same, to be quite honest. I think we're still at about a C, you know, on a, on a grade scale. Uh, although we do see a lot of requisitions coming in, it's the time piece that we're running into now. Uh, you know, we're under the gun to get the equipment fixed you know, quickly to get it back up to the uh, OR rate standard. Uh, and I think we're going to run into a challenge with time uh, moving forward. But, uh, you know, going back into, into Contonment, I think we'll be able to get some of that time back by doing some 24-hour ops, you know, uh, at the Ruffma, and we can build that combat power back to where it needs to be. Okay. All right, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, your Class 9 parts flow. So how do you think that affected your ability to build and maintain combat power throughout the rotation? Absolutely affected it. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to say in the negative sense, but I think um, if we were able to get a better, get, gain some more traction on getting parts out to the maneuver units, I think they would have had a better chance at, at maintaining a little bit better posture maintenance wise OR rate um, we we tried to utilize AMRs to get class 9 parts out there and that you know we we lost traction on that and that was very challenging I think if we were to be able to 
facilitate that more and push them parts out AMR, I think the, the, the line battalions would have had a better better chance out there, really, keeping their fleets up. Um, as far as the jumping of the BSA, yeah, it may or may not have played a part into it. You know, it takes a while for the BSA to collapse and then bring back up. And, and once they get, uh, get into the groove and issue parts out, it seemed like a lot of stuff was getting out there, but just not enough. Not enough. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I would like to move on to, uh, I know we talked a little bit earlier about maintenance meetings. So what was your methodology coming in as your SOP states? And then when you arrive at the National uh, Training yeah. Center, how did you, you know, what did you saw? Right. What things that made you modify your maintenance meeting? And then lastly is now going back, what are you going to use moving forward and what would you recommend to follow on rotations? Yes. So coming into the NTC, the script or the agenda that we were, we were going to, the method we were going to perform our maintenance meetings on was a, um, a long drawn out maintenance agenda that, you know, typically units typically use, you know, you go through units, uh, and we talk, uh, TMDE, AOAP, mm -hmm. right? So coming into this, that's kind of the framework the, the mindset that we had was we will utilize the same old maintenance meeting agenda that we did back at home station. But what we found out quickly is that that that's not going to work. You know, you've got the attention of these units for a relatively short amount of time. You know, we, we understood that we wanted to get them out quicker. Uh, so with the help of uh, OCT teams, they provided us a, an, an agenda, a format that was more conducive to the NTC. Uh, it focused in on certain areas, getting after combat power, uh, unit, um, what the units needed specifically, right? Assistance with out there from, from the LARS and the enterprise that was available here at NTC. Uh, and that really dialed us into what we, what we thought we needed to assist the units with. But coupled with some of the other challenges, uh, I think is where we kind of lost a little bit of traction. But now going forward, when we go back to home station, I'm going to recommend that we utilize that same format. You know, it's quick, it's concise. The units can brief what they need to brief, uh, and we can highlight some of the things on the ESRs and focus in on some of that stuff and then, you know, uh, get it done relatively quickly. Okay, I want to continue on on the maintenance. So the audience for the maintenance meetings. Yeah. Um, who was there that you think must remain and mm -hmm. who was not there that you would recommend to be part of it? Absolutely. So definitely have to have the battalion XOs there. That's a must. Right. The maintenance program is the commander's program, and we're custodians of that. Uh, and without the battalion XOs there to kind of uh, wield that hammer, uh, if you will, with, the, with their downtrace units, the, the battalion maintenance programs are going to suffer. We also have to have the brigade XO there. He's the chairman of the board. Right. He, he, this is the brigade's maintenance program. The brigade XO is, the, is the, the, again, the, the hammer, hammerman, if you will. Uh, he's got to be there. He's got to make time, um, and that kind of gets challenging in its own re respect because you know he's busy too. But like I said earlier, there's met there's different ways. You know he can dial in on, on the sipper, and he can we can figure that piece out. The battalion techs also have to be uh, intimately involved in this maintenance in the maintenance meeting. Uh, they are where the rubber meets the road, right? They've got to know the the got the the real deal on what what the battalion maintenance postures are, and it's critical that they're there to to relay that information to the BSB, to the SPO shop, so that we can get everybody energized, SSA, uh, the, the enterprises out there to help, you know, facilitate part flow and get them the stuff that they need. Cool. Yeah. 
All right, so now I'll move over to the FSRs and the LARs. How, how do you incorporate them into your maintenance meeting, into your normal operations out here in a decisive action training environment? Yes, sir. So with the LARs and the FSRs, they were they would report daily here to the BSA, and what we would ask the battalions is the night prior to provide us uh, some information as to what they needed. Right. So if they needed a uh, their, their striker LAR or their striker FSR to go forward to their CTCPs, they'd provide us the five Ws the night before, and we would energize the, the uh, BLAST team uh, to get the LARs motivated and moved out to the, to the units. Uh, the units had to provide them an escort, of course, but uh, they, were, they had that ability to, to use them to, to leverage, uh, get strikers repaired a little more easily. And the same thing fell up with the LARs. Uh, provide us with the five Ws, the LARs were at the BSA, and then we can facilitate their movement onward with the escorts. Okay. Um, UMCPs, um, what is your uh, assessment of how we employ them, array them across the battlefield, um, what you think was effective, what things you, looking back, would you recommend to the follow-on for, uh, forces? Great question, sir. I, I would, so typically uh, how, they, how I've seen it done uh, is a consolidated CTC, CTCP forward. That doesn't seem to work. Uh, what, what I've seen work here and what we've experimented with, and it did work with a couple of the units, is a, a, a disjointed CTCP. For example, the UMCP would stay in place while the CTCP would push elements forward to support the, the, the flot. Uh, that worked well because that, what that allowed the mechanics and the maintainers and the tech to do was to gain that much-needed maintenance effort, get that traction going. Uh, without having to be involved in, in a jump forward scenario. Because uh, as we know, right, you got that maintenance triangle of the parts, people, in the time. Mm-hmm. And if any one of those gets out of alignment, uh, it'll fail. So keeping the UMCP separate uh, worked uh, and allowed the units to gain that momentum that they needed. Now, as far as your maintenance readiness, do you feel like the not having the contractors uh, made an impact that you have back at home station and you don't have them here? R- well, so... I say no, and I say that because um, I the, the Sierras, the 91 Sierras we have specifically for the for the strikers, they're well versed in their jobs, right? So they know what to do. Um, the problem we run into at home station is the availability, right? Uh, that's where we that's where we falter. So that the the contractors are there to bolster up that that gap, if you will, between the man hours that you know for the short shortage of the MOS, the man hour shortage. But I don't think. Uh, Necessarily having the, the contractors would have helped. We just need to grow the army to get the MTO to where it needs to be, right? And now, once the MTO gets strong and the and the um, the Sierra gap is closed, uh, it'll be a winning a winning uh, winning combination. All right, I have one more question: the shop stock coming yeah. in, and where is it at now? And yeah. you get well planned. Roger that. So the shop stock coming in, we were we 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 did bolster up um, our shop stock, and we were coming in. Probably at about a four uh, percent zero balance rate, uh, consumed much of that, right? And that's simply, you know, just the op tempo, right? You gotta, you gotta pull from the shops, like, and that I think is what sustained the battalions the most is their ability to pull from their shop stock. Uh, hopefully, right, getting out of here and going back into uh, rough mud, we'll be able to continue the build on that shop stock and get those parts pushed through. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a, a fiscal constraint thrown on us, end of the year closeout and such, and, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, get some uh, end of year dollars to kind of get back up to where we need to be with the shop stock. 
All right, um, that's only the only questions I got. Um, I wanted to just tell you the Gold Miner team is here supporting victory at the National Training Center since 1986. If you had any closing comments for the viewers, more than welcome. I just wanted to thank the Gold Miner team for the mentorship uh, that they provided us during this rotation. Uh, it's it's really important that you come into the NTC with an open mind uh, and not wedded to a to the way you do business at home station because what you'll quickly find out is the things that you did at your home station may work for the home station but not here where the OCs will tell you the enemy is living and breathing and can make the decisions uh, on their own that can affect your combat operations so be open-minded listen to what the OCs tell you and you'll have a successful rotation cool. fantastic All so right. thank you Thanks for subscribing to the Ask a Gold Miner podcast. We would love to take your questions and hear your feedback. Send your questions and comments to at ngoldminers on Twitter or email askagoldminer at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed during this interview do not necessarily reflect or conform to the latest in Army and logistics doctrine. Please consult the appropriate doctrine for yourself and train the force.